are all the male allies and teachers that came along in my career to help me be who I am. And in chapter nine, you hear the story of Evolution Hospitality, a company and like many global organizations I've worked with that have people driven cultures, that they understand that in order for my business, our business to succeed, we first have to lead and take care of the well-being of our people. Other companies that are featured in the book are AIG Retirement Services, Delta Airlines. They have those same people driven cultures. So they always are 10 steps ahead. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is a podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist and coach, also keynote and TEDx speaker and author of Rejuvenating, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. As listeners to the podcast know, my hope is to always bring you different individuals with different perspectives, but have the common denominator of leading their own lives with enthusiasm and having different perspectives on helping us to become better versions of ourselves. And I think you will totally agree that we've met our objective today. Uh, Dr. Romy Mushtaq is a board certified physician bringing together over two decades of leadership in neurology, integrative medicine, and mindfulness. Her brain shift programs improve mental well-being and help to build a culture of wellness. Dr. Romy serves as chief wellness officer for Evolution Hospitality, where she has scaled a mindfulness and wellness program to over 7,000 employees. I've worked with a lot of neurologists, but uh, this seems like a pretty <laughs> set of uh, things that she has done. Um, now, Dr. Romy is uh, the creator of the Brain Shift Protocol, which we'll learn about. And probably most importantly, uh, she is the author of the just released book called The Busy Brain Cure, the eight-week plan to find focus, tame anxiety, and sleep again. Um, the busy brain syndrome is something that may be very new to a lot of us, but it's a real thing, and it isn't just a personal issue because it causes crises in business, leadership uh, issues, impacts entire organizations. And Dr. Romy's Brain Shift Pro, uh, Protocol offers groundbreaking, groundbreaking um, and actionable approaches to helping leaders to immediately and long-term cause uh, help their people to become better able to function in a healthier manner. And we're all about health and wellness here. So Dr. Romy, welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Such a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, well, Dr. Ron Kaiser, Dr. Kaiser, it is an honor to sit here with a colleague and have this conversation. And thank you for that welcome. Well, I am so looking forward to what you have to contribute. Um, but maybe before we really get into the, the material very much, um, You've got kind of an interesting uh, perspective for mm -hmm. a uh, trained neurologist. Uh, 
I'm wondering, um, can you tell us a little bit about your own personal journey to get to to this area? I mean, you yeah. know, neurologists study the brain, but it seems like you've got a different take on it than a lot. I, 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 I absolutely do, Ron, and thank you. And I know with your uh, incredible background in positive psychology, you'll understand this. Uh, I'm the proud daughter of immigrant parents. And when I was born, I'm the firstborn child and have two younger brothers, you know, really, we tell the story in our family this way that my father, also a doctor, came to the newborn nursery and said this prayer, this mantra, this intention over me. I have one daughter and you will become a doctor. <laughs> and yeah, and my maternal grandmother, my mother did not go to college. And this is what happens when you're an immigrant's child. You have all these opportunities here in the U.S. And you know, back then, Ron, it wasn't even today, but back then, to a, a young girl to be tracked in the 70s and 80s into science, technology, engineering, math, or medicine was equally rare. But my teachers understood the assignment. My mother did. My aunties did. It was a community effort. And I entered neurology at a time where less than 5% of the brain doctors in this country were women. And I loved my job. I don't want... I think one of the biggest misnomers the employers and people have today about burnout is that you hate your job. I loved, it was a calling from childhood and drawn to how the brain functions that you understand that so many of our your listeners do. And I was doing cutting edge, not only seeing patients, but doing cutting edge research on women's brains and hormones and epilepsy and migraines. I was enjoying and being a teacher to medical students and interns, the next generation of doctors but I wasn't keeping up and I didn't know what was going on. I was suffering and I really internalized it as a lot of shame that why did it seem like my colleagues were fine and I wasn't, you know, back then in the early 2000s, we didn't have a term of burnout in the vernacular. And um, I, it, it just on the outside, it looked like I had done everything right and succeeded. And I kept pushing through symptoms of, being exhausted, coping with using caffeine, not sleeping for more than 14 years of my life from internship to the time I got sick, because in neurology, you have emergencies, you know, those were the days in training where I, you were awake for two, three days in a row in the hospital working. And it finally caught up with me and the physical symptoms. And in 2010, I ended up in life-saving surgery. Wow. And I remember laying in the hospital at that time, Ron, and you know the traditional medical system when you and I came up in it. I remember laying down thinking, nothing I've been taught in medical school or all these therapy sessions that I've had with a therapist are going to help me move forward. There's got to be something different. And that was when, you know, the student is ready, the teachers will come. I started on a global journey of what I thought was to heal myself, to learn the science behind the ancient wisdom and global healing traditions like Ayurveda and mindfulness and meditation and yoga and working with shamans. And somewhere along the way, I realized, wait a minute, Ron, this isn't about myself. This is actually about thinking about my neurology and psychiatry patients very differently. And then I ended up coming back and getting board certified in integrative medicine, which for your listeners who are not in the medical field, that's like going back to college and getting another degree, you know, halfway through your career and saying, I, I'm going to change careers. And I thought I would just be seeing patients and helping people with burnout, but like yourself gave a TED talk and people noticed and companies started to call and said, 
we want to do something. And so we're here today because I feel really strongly that corporate America and global corporations can help to solve the mental health crisis and the burnout crisis. It can't be done in the hospital systems. And I, I know you as a therapist agree how many times when I've sent patients to therapists, they're like, if only I had met you earlier, we could have avoided some of this. And so that's why I feel so strongly about the busy brain cure and companies and teams and individuals taking this on to, to as a alternative and different solution to burnout. Boy, that's a fantastic journey. So uh, what do you do today? These yes. Days? So today I'm the founder of the Brain Shift Institute, and I get hired by Fortune 500 companies, professional athletes, and global organizations as a keynote speaker to speak on building cultures of wellness and mental health. In addition, I consult as in the C-suite. So I am a chief wellness officer, as you mentioned in your introduction, at Evolution Hospitality. It's a company of over 7,000 employees. And my job is to create the strategy and execute our mindfulness and wellness programs for our employees. And I was the first physician in this type of a role in corporate America. I'm really happy to report that was back in 2018. Um, today in 2024, um, several, many companies have chief wellness officers, about 90% of them are um, human resource leaders, benefits leaders, maybe about 10% of us are MDs and PhDs that can bring this unique intersection of organizational psychology and brain and mental health. And um, my firm belief, Ron, is the company of today, not of tomorrow, the com every company of today, even in a global recession, needs a chief wellness officer. I would absolutely agree. Um, I'm getting sidetracked in my head as you start saying these things because I, I had all these nice, neat questions to ask. And I'm please, I wouldn't. I, as a colleague that spent your career taking care of patients like me, I want to know what you're thinking. I'm here to answer everything. Great. Well, the the most obvious thing is that. Uh, isn't she banging her head against the wall? I think about corporate <laughs> culture and how people advance and things. And I know I was caught up in the same thing in the hospital. I used to, uh, I knew if I could get four and a half hours of sleep a night, I, I could function, you know, and I and I justified it. I, I sleep faster than other people and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I know colleagues in business and law and, Others that, that that's the way you advance is is to do this stuff to multitask. Um, are you telling me that there's a shift in? in yes, <laughs> there has been. I mean, you know, people thought it was really unique that I uh, it was a very forward thinking leadership team that brought me on at Evolution Hospitality. The original founder, you'll read his story in chapter nine of the book, John Murphy. Um, that's the beauty of the middle section of the book, Ron, while for colleagues like yourself, it's rich in science about the busy brain cure. These stories between chapters five and nine are all the male allies and teachers that came along in my career to help me be who I am. And in chapter nine, you hear the story of Evolution Hospitality, a company and like many global organizations I've worked with that have people driven cultures that they understand that in order for my business, our business to succeed, we first have to lead and take care of the well-being of our people. Other companies that are featured in the book are AIG Retirement Services, Delta to airlines, they have those same people-driven cultures. So they always are 10 steps ahead 
And what are we doing about wellness? In fact, I think they're light years ahead of the traditional healthcare system here in the United States as a whole. So yes, that's the good news that there were companies prior to the global pandemic that were thinking about this. And at that time, maybe they were doing more things about well-being, like let's introduce resilience training, stress management, mindfulness. And today, post-global pandemic, it was a wake-up call for every organization we have to do something about the well-being of our employees. We can't demand that they work long hours. They lack a personal life. Um, you know, we saw that in the great resignation crisis and people course correcting about what it's like to work remotely. And now you fast forward to today. This is why I'm in demand. I'm in conference rooms with CEOs, COOs, and chief human resource officers regularly of here is what we're trying to do. How did you do it at Evolution Hospitality and some of the other companies you consult with? We want to show our people we care. And I, I, that is what gives me hope. And maybe some of your listeners are listening right now going, my boss is not like that. And you're right. Well, give them this book because really at the end of the day, every one of us wants to know that somebody cares about us. And that we're not just checking a box with a well-being program and saying, here's EAP to log into, right? But that we actually care and we're creating cultures. And we see that tide shifting in organizational wellness and organizational psychology. Um, and that it's the only way forward. This is not futuristic thinking. This is the thinking of today. And companies who haven't jumped on board are falling behind. And it shows people quit. They can't rehire. Productivity is down. I, I mean... Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I, I hope that gives you hope, Ron. And I hope that gives your listeners hope. That's really, really encouraging. So let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of this. Yes. What is busy brain syndrome? Busy brain, Ron, is a term I coined because I remember myself before I had surgery. I don't know if any of your listeners could relate to this. I needed caffeine to keep going all day long and boosts of chocolate or sugar to go. And I would find myself feeling anxious and out of control and difficulty focusing. We ask your readers, like, you know, do they have multiple browser windows open right now while they're listening to this podcast? And they're trying to do a lot of things in their brain as well. They're wondering, do I have adult onset ADD or is this just difficulty focusing? And you're so wired and tired and you go home and they've heard your wonderful podcast and me chatting today. And they're like, I'm going to follow this. I'm going to sleep but they can't shut off their brains. And so they need alcohol or a sleeping pill to take the edge off. And when they finally put their head down on the pillow saying, I'm going to focus on sleep because Dr. Ron talked about it today. They can't shut off the 72 warring conversations of their brain. I thought it was just me that was going through this before I got sick. As I would give my keynote lectures, I would, hundreds of people would come and tell me these symptoms and then like the true doctor researcher I am, I started to look this up and about 2017, 18, looking through the medical literature, realized we in our neurology psychiatry community got it wrong, that ruminating anxiety, adult onset ADD and insomnia are not three separate diseases, but they're all on one continuum. And there's a certain pattern of brain inflammation, neuroinflammation that happens that causes this hyperactivity of the brain. And it makes us dependent or addicted to stimulants all day, like Adderall and caffeine and sedatives like alcohol or sleeping pills at night. And there's a way out. And that's busy brain. So what is, I'm assuming the brain shift protocol is a way of yeah. 
what uh, you know let's you've got Let, let's dig in let's dig in and let me tell you how i found it because so many corporate wellness programs or if your listeners are on instagram or tiktok are showing you eat berries breathe everything's going to be fine and that's not how it works our brains are as different as our hairstyles and we all respond to chronic stress and burnout differently. So we were in the middle of a global pandemic. I wasn't traveling for speaking engagements. I had free time. I started to dig in the literature, the psychoneuroimmunoendocrinology literature, Ron. I knew you would appreciate that, how psyche, our mood can change the structure and function of our brain and how that now impacts the endocrine and immune system in our body and everything changes. And I said, how could I find the eight most impactful habits or brain shift micro habits that are easy for your listeners and my readers to do without going on a diet and cut through all that noise and nonsense that's out there on stress busting activities. And that's where the brain shift protocol comes from. Shift in the brain shift is actually an acronym. I really want your listeners to hear about this. Because if you're like, well, I tried this diet or I tried that program and it didn't work, Dr. Romy and Dr. Ron, here's why. Because all of our brains respond to neuroinflammation differently. And SHIFT, the acronym stands for the five key areas that we go off balance when we're in burnout. S stands for sleep and the circadian rhythm. H is hormones. In men and women, primarily thyroid, believe it or not, can be off. I is markers of inflammation. We look at methylation disorders, vitamin D as in dog D3 levels that can be depleted in chronic stress and burnout and cause further busy brain. F is for how we use food to fuel ourselves, the sugar cravings that happen when we're stressed and what can we do about it? And T is the role of technology, thinking TikTok, Tinder, and how our brains are now addicted to these digital devices and they're feeding that addiction and that stress and that burnout. And so those are the five key areas. I was like, what could we do in eight weeks to calm down a busy brain and rebalance those systems? So that's what brain shift stands for. Ask me more questions because I know your brilliant doctor brain is going. Well, Romy, I'm wondering, is there a protocol? Because yes. now my brain's on fire. I'm hearing... <laughs> You know, busy brain by have, giving me five things to, to yeah think about that that's not yeah that's how, yeah how do you do it in a way that you know like I yeah. I know when I took yoga you start out mm -hmm. you go forward uh, you know when I change my eating habits you know there there's kind of a protocol that if you follow it and if you're consistent it works but I, yeah. I mean what. Technology itself sounds like uh, you know. it is. Oh, it well, you know, here's the thing I live in a real world, Ron, and whether somebody is still working, listening to your podcast in school or retired, none of us get through our days without using technology, both professionally and in our personal lives. So I'm a realist. And yes, this is not for the listeners to get a busy brain and panic and be like, oh my God, wait, what marker of inflammation does she say I need to check? Wait, what do I do with technology? We broke it down into a simple eight-week protocol, chapters 10 through 18 and chapter 10. And we have the link for free. People can do it on our website or on social media. You take the busy brain test and you actually assess your stress levels in your brain. You don't guess. So you get a number and then you set a goal. And starting in week 11, I mean, uh, chapter 11, so weeks two to four, we work on the circadian rhythm or restoring sleep and sanity by simple micro habits that you and I can break down in a second. And then in weeks 
four to eight of the protocol, we work on your circadian rhythm and your daytime energy. So we actually give people biohacks of what to do with their foods, their carbohydrates, their healthy fats, and their caffeine intake so that nobody has to go on a diet, Ron. And, you know, and so that's basically what we do. And we, 2000 executives during our research protocol went through, um, went through the eight week program and we were able to measure phenomenal results that people were sleeping better, physical symptoms went away. And in every cycle we ran this for companies run, we were saving lives because there were people going, I'm ready to quit my job. I'm anxious. I can't cut it here. Something is wrong. Maybe it's my marriage. And they had no idea. We send people for labs. It's optional this and to work with your primary care doctor. We've had people discover they had poorly controlled diabetes from chronic stress and had no idea and that their blood sugar stabilized on this program, or that they had a thyroid nodule and they actually had an overactive thyroid that was causing these symptoms. So it's really important and chronic stress can do all this and burnout. And so that's what the overview of the eight week protocol is. We walk you step-by-step of what to do with a strong push to go get certain labs checked and everything is fixable. That I I don't want the burnout to come back again. This isn't about putting a Band-Aid on your mental boo-boos or just saying breathe and eat berries and it's going to be better. I want to get the neuroinflammation calmed down so you can focus again and feel calm and sleep peacefully and be productive and have hope again. And that's exactly what it is. Now dig into the protocol and ask me more questions. Well, I guess the first thing that, that occurs to me, since you do consult with companies and implement this and so on. Uh, can somebody pick up the book and yes. follow it on their own if they're Absolutely. Not- yep. Um, that's such a great question, Ron. And that's exactly why I wrote the book because I would give these keynote lectures and audience people would follow me going, Dr. Rami, can you email me the lab slip? And I was like, we need to put this in a book so anybody could read it, hear the audiobook, read it on Kindle and follow along. But Ron, can I tell you the secret and maybe in a psychology, you can help me with your psychology expertise to explain this as well, is we found that when you do this protocol with someone, rather than just read the book alone, cohort-based learning, it, you're more likely to succeed. So a partner at home, a friend, a colleague at work. And that's why we've had s- s- tremendous success doing this with teams. Once you buy the book, people are invited to our online community, open to the global public to do the eight-week program with me live as well, that we will be launching now in January for everybody that bought the book. So we're doing that. But isn't it interesting? People really succeed if they're doing this protocol with just one other person. Well, it's it's true for lots of things. We know accountability partners more likely to get you uh, to follow an exercise protocol or eat healthy, things of that nature. So, I mean, this makes perfect sense. Um, now, I, I'm really uh, big on prevention. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything I'm thinking now about people individually, uh, but even like parents of uh, kids that are growing up, is, is there any kind of mindset thing that, that kind of, can help us to avoid getting into the situation in the first. I agree. I, it's such a powerful question. And I love that you bring up mindset. You know, I always say a busy brain happens in the spirit, in the brain, 
in our mind and in our physical bodies, right? So that there's symptoms in all three areas. And that's so important to understand. I remember when I, when I talk about spirit, it's, it's your connection to yourself and, and what your version of a higher power would be. And I remember when I was at the height of my busy brain run, despite having loving parents in my life and friends, I felt so alone. And not a single colleague asked me if I was okay. And I had really lost hope in the world. And when I knew I really had a problem and I was seeing a therapist and we we couldn't just pinpoint it was, I used to have so much joy when our epilepsy patients would come and their seizures were under control and they could now have an amazing life moment, like get a driver's license or successfully get pregnant and deliver a baby. And I knew I had lost hope when those things weren't giving me joy anymore. And I think that's when we talk about the mindset piece and not having platitudes, but actually digging in into the busy brain. So you asked me about children. I get this question every time. This study was done on adults and I really focused on age 25 and older, Ron, because you and I both know about the developing brain and the generations today that have been raised instead of on textbooks, but digital devices to learn their brains are wired for learning and communication completely different than yours and mine. And the ADHD anxiety crisis in teenagers and young adults is something a little different than busy brain and not the purview of my research. But you asked me like, as an adult, what could we start doing? And, you know, as parents, as aunts and uncles, as grandparents, as godparents, we can tell our younger generations everything we want to, but they really follow by our actions. And so if we're not modeling, setting boundaries for our brains and our own digital devices, we're modeling this really dangerous success trap for our younger generations. So if your children are seeing you rushing home from work, exhausted, trying your best to focus on dinner time or homework time, but you keep checking your phone for text messages and emails, you put them to bed and they know that you're going back to work you're not modeling healthy relationships with digital devices and boundaries for your your children either. So I always say we have to start with ourselves and the same rule as leaders. In my leadership keynote talks, I say there is no wellness without leadership and there is no leadership without wellness. So if we, as the entrepreneurs, the CEOs, the founders of our companies, the leaders, the managers aren't taking care of our brains and boundaries, We can't tell our team members, well, go, you need to take care of your mental health. Here's an EAP number. Maybe you should talk to a therapist. We as a leader are not modeling those brain boundaries either. And that's the mindset that I first, for the sake of family, for the sake of our teams in our places of employment, need to model those brain boundaries. And then we brain shift. And by our energy and our actions, we're modeling that brain shift to everybody around us. But there's so much really gold in, in some of those words. Uh, I remember when I was decades ago when I was going through my doctoral studies, I mean, I was learning social learning theory. Modeling is such a, a powerful force and such a powerful teacher in any way, positive yeah. or negative. The other thing that uh, kicked off in my thinking is how many people are like you uh, or like you were, where in essence, uh, everybody assumes that you've got it all together. So there's no yeah. reach out to you for 
you know, and ask if you need help or something when, you know, when externally, you know, you're handling everything fine. And I mean, yeah. yours yes. is not a, a, I mean, everybody's unique, but you're not that unique. No, but, no, my story, know. my story is not unique. And this is why I've, you know, have been busy as a keynote speaker and why there was demand for me to write this book, Dr. Ron, was because no matter what industry you're in, people are working 60 to 120 hours a week and feel like they've lost boundaries between work and uh, personal life. And even I hear this from retirees that they're getting busy with philanthropy or they're on YouTube all day watching movies or Netflix and, and losing that brain boundary away from devices. So my story is not unique. And I hope by sharing my story and in chapters 10 through 18, you read the stories of transformation of clients who were so brave to say, please share my story. Because if somebody sees how I healed with this protocol, then maybe they, they'll they rethink their burnout too. Uh, none of us are immune. And I think my closing thing that I always tell everyone, whether you're a parent, whether you're a leader, the most powerful two things you can say and do for someone is say, I am here and I care. I am here and I care. And that is what happens when I, as a leader, get out of my busy brain and brain shift. We can then hold that hope and that wisdom for our loved ones. Great. Well, I got lots of other questions, but I'm only <laughs> going to ask one aside from getting some additional information about how people can get in touch with you. Um, or learn about you and yeah. so on. But uh, I'm wondering, um, at, I, I'd asked about young families at the other end of the spectrum, somebody is uh, retired, uh, how do they achieve that? What's an ideal balance so that they're not sitting in front of a TV all mm -hmm. day? And, you know, we know that sedentary lifestyle is a killer and uh, lack of social connections and so on. But also, uh, e even though their brains have been primed to be busy all the time, I'm assuming that that's, there, there is something to be said for moderating that. Somewhere. It is. You know, Ron, Dr. Ron, thank you so much for asking me that. I get this question a lot from C-suite executives that are facing retirement. They've done everything financially correctly to retire, or maybe someone's become sick and it's forced them into early retirement. And they were so used to having full lives, productive lives. And you have to plan for your days as like constructively as you did when you were working. And, and, you know, that is, is the first thing I will say. The second thing I will say to that is don't, let let TV or watching streaming services on your laptop or iPad be the smallest priority in your day. And if you just are aware of that, you understand what it's like. And uh, circadian rhythm is easily disrupted as we age. People think it's aging. It's also neuroinflammation. And so the busy brain cure, the I think two most important things that I ask the people who are older than the age of 55, 60 to check our vitamin D3 levels is one really important thing and a full thyroid panel in both men and women. And that can alleviate things. And third, I mean, Dr. Ron, you said it, it's in the daytime energy module for those that are retired. The number one focus is social connections. And 
I'm worried as a neurologist and I'm worried as a caregiver of elderly parents that FaceTime and Zoom and texting has replaced the old traditions of Sunday night family dinners or um, walking down to the neighbor's you know, house and sitting on their porch and chatting and saying hello. And so if you're not retired and listening to this podcast, maybe this is your MI reminder of, do you know someone that's retired or an elder in your family? Schedule a time to talk to them on the phone or visit them in person. Wonderful, wonderful advice. I mean, this has been so enlightening and so inspiring. Um, number one, I've got to get to your book now that it's now that it's published. Uh, but also, uh, how how else can people find? Well, first of all, where can they get the book? And secondly, yes, how else can people find you? If you go to the busybraincure.com, um, you will be able to take the busy brain test and get your um, brain test score for free. There are links there to buy the books. They are available in bookstores throughout the United States and Canada now and coming soon to Europe and Australia um, on Kindle and audiobooks. So anywhere you like to enjoy your books, it's available. If you get the audiobook or digital book, anyone, there's additional free resources on the website that walk you through the protocol. And I'm at Dr. Romy, D-R-R-O-M-I-E, as in homie Romy, Dr. Romy on social media. That's my website. And if you're on social media, use the hashtag brain shift and tell us your questions or share your wins. And when you read chapter seven in the story of Dr. Pritchard and you get to chapter 15 in the book about comfort food, we want to know what comfort food you're enjoying this week. It's a part of the brain shift protocol. We love seeing the pictures and getting recipes of comfort food. So do share that with us. Great. Great. Yeah. And we'll have all this information in the show notes. And uh, is there anything you think I should have asked you but didn't? This was perfect. And I look forward to a part two conversation, Dr. Ron, because I, as a colleague, you know, thank you. I, I just, I could pick your brain simultaneously too and tell you the stories I've heard. I've, I've learned a lot sitting here with you. So just thank you for the time. I don't think mine was as busy as yours. So. <laughs> But but I I, you did make me jealous about one thing because even at at my age I'm a chief psychology officer of a startup company I'm not sold out for a for a chief wellness officer thing. Doctor Run, if you're already a chief psychology officer, we need to get you in the circle of chief wellness officers. More and more companies are looking for experts like yourself who who understand how to take wellness and mental health and with your positive psychology background it's it's golden and scale it right and and that's the trick when they bring in clinicians like you and I it's that ability to scale which you know how to do in this life so I I, I am going to hold out that and if I hear anything I will reach out to you I promise well it's, I really appreciate all you've done you know in this, this last half hour or 45 minutes it was too short. We'll have another conversation. Please do call me back. If there's like a particular topic around mental or brain health, I would be honored to come back and serve your amazing community. I want to tell you, Romeo, you do such yeah. wonderful work. Thank I you. really applaud you for it. I am grateful that you're sharing some of it with, with me and my audience and look forward to reading the book. Look forward Thank you. to hearing 
more about what what you're going to be accomplishing in the future. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Be able to do it and have a, a relatively calmer brain compared to it, yes, it is is yes. really uh, good role modeling. Thank you. So on that note. Uh, okay. Well, and, and I'll make sure if they didn't send you a digital copy of the book, my apologies, we don't have physical galleys ready yet to mail to you, but I'll at least make sure they send you a digital copy. And when the actual hard copy galleys come, it would be my honor to send you a copy, Dr. Ron. Great. Okay. Thank so, you. In the meantime, uh, I'm, I know my audience has really appreciated this. So for listeners, you know this brings to close another episode, a really great one of the Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser podcast. I hope that you will listen and re-listen to the episode, download it, tell your friends about it, uh, rate and review the podcast, and of course, read Dr. Romy's book and take her up on these wonderful things that she offers you, including the, the test and uh, the way to a better life because you'll have a less busy brain. On that note, uh, while this will be hard to top, we will have another great guest next week. So be back. Till then, stay positive, stay safe. It's Dr. Ron signing off.